tomorrow bring the money? Tomorrow lunch I'm calling the The Alta continues and says we now to pay base of Tikunamidas, second chapter, and he begins by quoting a Medrash. And the Medrash says as follows A the quote from the the Thank you. Any cares of you? This, 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 behold, I put before you, Brocho Klala. He's putting the person's, um, the choices that a person has in life in front of him. When he said those words, it was at Sinai. But at that moment, the Posuk in Eicha, which means from the mouth of the Supreme, will not result bad and good rather automatically the evil will come upon the one that does evil and the good will come to the one that does good this is the introduction of the notion of freedom of choice and that good and evil that occur to a person are consequential means that doesn't command good and bad to happen to a person. Rather, because of his choices, he lands up with good or bad. This is all from a Medrash Rabbah. Another Mahalach in this Pasuk. Not only have I given you two possibilities, meaning the possibility of good or the possibility of evil, I've gone beyond the letter of the law, and I've said to you, you should choose life. So HaKadosh Baruch comes and he says, there are two paths in front of you. There's a path of bracha, of blessing, klala and curse. There's a path of chaim, life, and marvelous death. And then HaKadosh Baruch says, And you should choose life. Meaning, he doesn't just give you these two drachim and then leave, leave it up to yourself, leave it up to you. He then enjoins you and says, and choose the path of life. I want you, I have, I have, I have a predisposition towards you to making the right choice. The Rabbeinu Yoyna, we'll see what the altar does with this. The Rabbeinu Yoyna, and I've always thought about how there would be, how would the pl- practical applications of this be? The Rabbeinu Yoyna holds, Uvocharta b'chaim, choosing life, the mitzvah of Bechira, of making a choice, is a positive commandment. 
it will be fascinating to know at what point do you fulfill that positive commandment. You're sitting down about to start learning and you decide that you want a cup of coffee. So now you have a struggle. Should I? Shouldn't I? Ubuchat Bukhaim says, don't worry, you'll survive without the coffee. And if you don't, then you go get the coffee. So then you mevatel and mitzvah sasein. On the other hand, if you need the coffee and you're from and you stay there, you should have chosen the coffee. You mevatel and mitzvah sasein. <laughs> Meaning, just think about how many times this mitzvah sasein comes up in, 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 your, in your day-to-day life. Or maybe you need a maisa or I don't know where the, where the mitzvah is. I've always thought about that. And uh, maybe you should also think about that as well. But in the meantime, let's go back to the altar. You'll just help me out if my kirsa goes strange. So the altar wants to know, in terms of the Medrash, why does the Medrash quote the Pasuk from the mouth of the Supreme Meaning, the Rebbein Shalom, will not come out good and evil? And what additional information Rabbi Chagai, the second opinion in the Medrash, that says, that says we put two drachim in front of you, and why is this considered above and beyond the letter of the law when Hashem says, So he goes on, he says, There's a pearl in the mouths of people. This is, the way that, this is another way of saying there's a common expression. There's a common expression. For an Avera, you don't throw a stone on a person's head and you don't pay a purse filled with gold for a mitzvah. Meaning, you don't stone a person for doing an Avera and you don't pay huge amounts of money for a mitzvah. Obviously, this is not such a theoretical statement, <laughs> as he's about to explain. People see Torah as being separate to life. People don't see the Torah as a source of blessing in life. And the lack of terror as a source of curse. If they see a person broken and depressed, they won't say that the reason why he's suffering is because of what he's done in terms of his evil actions. Understanding the nature of Averis. And when they see a person happy and tranquil in the world, they won't make a natural connection to his good deeds and they won't establish a natural link to what he's done, which is positive. Elo, rather, they look upon a person's success or failure as coming from God. And it's the hand of the Rebbeinish Olam. And his actions haven't had an effect for bad or for good. Because 
according to nature, you don't stone a person for doing an Avera. And you don't throw a purse of gold from Mitzvah. So that's the altar's starting point. You can see the altar's approach was, he was extremely interested in establishing the relevance of life to Torah. He wanted not to just say a nice vort. There's a story about, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was with Rev. Elia Lapian, that he, he, he was, was it Elia Lapian? I'm not sure if it was him. It was one of the Bale Musa that went away for a trip. I think it was Rebellia. And he came back and he spoke in the base of Musa in Yerushalayim. It was the base of Musa. And I think it was Reb- It's the Peterberger was here at the time. And it could have been Rav Naftali Amsterdam. I think they both made Aliyah. And they waited and listened. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting the names right. So if I'm, if I'm not then they were different people. Um, but it was the, the Baile Musa. And the way they, they evaluated whether he was still holding on the Madrega is that when he spoke his drosha, was the drosha or was it Musa? The difference between a drosha and Musa is that a drosha, a person can say ideas, but they don't have to be an expression of his deeper and most inner being. And they don't have to necessarily be completely connected to the base reality of life. You can speak in the luft. If a person says Musa, it comes from the deepest part of who he is, and it hits the reality full on. So you see, those are the, that's what the Alta Nevada, he didn't want to say, he didn't write to say for so we could have nice vetlach so we can sit over at the Shabbos table. Oh, really nice thing from Alta Nevada. Oh, okay. Let's fill in that. It's like the Shabbos table filler that you have to have the obligatory Dvaitar. Oh, I want to say a Dvaitar. Why? Because everyone has to say Dvaitar at the Shabbos table. Oh, okay. So what you're going to say? I'll just warm up something that I read. read from it up. He, 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 he wasn't interested in that. He was interested in the Torah being real and life being Torah and Torah being life. So therefore, he, he, he related it to the reality. And he said, he looked around and he said, the Torah spells out one thing. And people will say it over as the Shabbat table board. Oh, there's a great medrash on this week's parasha about And then people saying, oh, I can't believe it. You know what happened to so-and-so? No, got run over by car. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. Why did that happen? It's amazing. I can't ask questions on Hashem. Can't ask questions. What do you mean? He did it. He got, he got hurt because he did a virus. That's the way it works. A person, on this line, gets you through him because he does a vase and he gets reward because he does mitzvahs. Omnam, Achai's brain was near Bechush, Ki Amishpat is hapech mikotze lekotze. If you think about it and you contemplate, you see the judgment is actually the opposite to the way we think. Ki Atre Mitzvah say, Einenu matila mas el knas al adam. The Torah and the mitzvahs don't put a tax or penalty on the person. That he has to carry the yoke upon his shoulders, and the burden upon his shoulders. He can never get rid of it. Even though his heart refuses and his being despises it. Torah is not additional to life. 
that one could say that a person can be without Torah and it's an ex- it's extraneous to him this is not true the Torah revealed to us the way of life and the way of death and without the third person would be like a blind person in darkness in extreme danger and luckily Akash from his chesed showed us the pathway of life that you can no longer make an error and think that what is evil is good and what is death is life. Meaning, if it was the Torah would not, the Torah is not preaching and saying, listen guys, there's life, but I want you to do this on top of life. The Torah is describing, this is what life is. Now, had the Torah not come along, it still would have been life. Had the Torah not come along, you still would have had a mitzvah to learn Torah. To put on tzitzit, to wear twilling, not to eat treif, not to be over shvichos damim v'adazor gilurayas. All those mitzvahs would have been true because that's <coughs> that's life. That's what the reality is. And if you didn't follow the mitzvahs, so then you'd be in massive trouble. And if you did, then you'd be okay. But you wouldn't know what they were, so you'd kind of flounder around thinking, well, maybe this is good or maybe that's good, and you won't know. So you could be invested fully in doing something which is completely destructive and you wouldn't know that it's completely destructive so what the Torah did is it saved us and described to us the reality so we shouldn't be in that terrible situation of not knowing which step to take next until if a person takes one step out of the Torah that if a person takes one step out of the Torah, so his bad choice will bring him suffering and his rebelliousness will kill him. The and therefore the opposite will occur. That taka, if a person does an avera, he'll be stoned. And for a mitzvah, you'll give over a purse of gold. In other words, you can see the fact that he begins with this, this little statement that he is trying to dispel a very powerful, common-held belief. That people, people, people said, just leave a person alone for doing an avera and don't invest in a mitzvah was something which was commonplace, it was common knowledge. And he's saying it's exactly the opposite. It's precisely the opposite. When a person does an avera, it's the worst thing in the world. When a person has a mitzvah, it's the best thing in the world. He goes on and he says, I'll give you a general example. The Chachamim say, A person has to learn from a deer. That describes that Kosh Bochu swore us by the deers. The Teva Atzvihu, and the nature of a deer is, when the hunter chases the deer to catch it, 
Boyrech mimenu al atze ayar. It flees to the forest. Virat besoich and imolait al nafshay. And runs between the trees to save its life. Ulefisha yodeyash anfei lonais mafrim ois al darko ki sabech bekarnov hamafut solais bohem. And because the tzvi, the deer, understands that if it goes into the forest, its horns could get caught in the leaves and the branches. Lochein, miyad kishinichnas elayar. Immediately as the deer enters into the forest, shaver mikoidim is karnav by alon. It breaks. Did you hear you got beilan? It breaks its uh, horns on a tree. And then it begins to run. Free running without any bother. So to man has a world which stops him from reaching his destination and he gets caught up in it. Therefore he has to see ahead and break his bad meters in order they should not be trapped by the inner enemy. In other words, his analogy is that the world is like a forest and our midas are like horns. And if we run through the forest with our midas our horns protruding, so we'll be caught in the trees. So you have to break off those midas and then you can run through freely. Hopefully tomorrow we'll continue further in our desperate flee through the forest. And with the help of the Abishta, let us hope that we will be Oneness.